Hello, you're listening to the Doctor Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is a discussional podcast episode. We talk about the news that seems important to us, dive into our community for a couple questions from our community members, and then say goodbye to everybody. So, Chris, anything of note lately? Not really. I've been kind of just trying to make it through. I've been exhausted lately, so... There you go. There you go. I have had plenty of time here recently away from work, which is great, <laughs> even though I was working the entire time. You were working the entire time? <laughs> But yet, that's the sad thing, is if you work away from work, like, remotely, like I had a bunch of data to to cleanse for a transition that we're doing, and the entire time I'm trying to do it at home, in my room, locked away, away from pretty much everybody interrupting me at work, and of course, everybody at work just thinks that you were just taking the entire time screwing around. None of them think that you're working. <laughs> At least my brother believes in me because I was locked up in my room the entire time and my eyes were cross-eyed every time I walked out of the room. So, yeah. And I left fun. you alone the whole time. You pretty much, yes. Good job. I did good. <laughs> it was hard to do. Uh, Let's watch some anime, Andy. Yeah, it would been the perfect time to watch a bunch of anime. It would be an entire week away from work. No, can't. So yeah, that was that was that was brutal. Um, I'm only just keeping up on my Dragon Quest Eleven, which I'm still probably nowhere near finishing. Um, I'm trying to. F- I was trying to finish like burn through it this week, just because Atelier Rise is coming up. I really want to play Ryza. I do too. I really want to play, <laughs> but I will uh, patiently wait on that one. Speaking of Ryza, got a lot of clips of uh, gameplay for the new Fairy Tale game. Looking yeah, really good. Seen you were checking that out. It literally looks gameplay wise like like it's almost like it was built on Atelier's uh, engine. Like you have picking up stuff out in the field. You the the combat system's turn based. It does the whole thing where whenever you you know go to attack something, and only that character shows up and they attack the enemy. It's like it looks like it literally is that engine, but then it's got this really good style to it that looks very fair. I mean they, the the. The cell shaded anime look they did for the characters really make it look like the characters were brought to life in this to CG. So it's really cool. So I, I, I'm 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 really interested in it. And I have not checked out any of the clips. I I kind of want to go into it fresh. So and I, when I was watching the basically the whole system's build up where um, for those that don't know it takes place after the Tenreal arc 
And so now that I've watched the anime after that point, and now I know that the whole mechanics of this game is going to be on the idea that your your guild is run down, it's broken down, and you're you're building it back up, and you're building the the actual the guilds rank back up because they were the number one back when before the Tenrail arc, and now they're trying to build themselves back. So I'm like, okay, now it makes sense why it's taking place at this point to me because literally I know what's going on, and so it makes sense that this would be a perfect time to have a game built around the center on the idea that you're building the guild up. Do you do you know how much they have the original writer involved in? I I would imagine plenty. I mean, like I said, it's it's supposed to it's supposed to go all the way until after the current arc that we're going to be going into. So it's like up to like episode it's like episode 100 and was it 150 that they was the end of the Tenrail arc? I no. don't know. 122 I think is when the Tenrail arc ended. And then it's going to go all the way until after the arc that we are, which I think goes into like 180 something, right. something like that. So after the the tournament event that you were talking about, right. they did. So I would imagine it's supposed to be pretty close to that story wise. But I, I would, yeah, I would think that they would probably want to get him involved because there's going to be a lot of quests and stuff that you're going to be doing. That's not going to be technically in the show. Well, it's it, the the reason why I ask is because that would be a it would be a lot of fun to have him be able to expound on things that he wouldn't that you wouldn't you would have to guess at if you were just doing it based off the yeah the guy that was doing the demo talked about the fact that it was supposed to really kind of uh, guide people that are new to the series to know what's kind of happening with certain right. things. So they kind of made a point that hey you're not going to be lost if you're coming into this fresh. So. Yeah, it, it, each of the characters take turns in the combat, and they kind of have, like, almost a, a persona-looking command system where it has, like, fight is X and magic is square and whatever, whatever, whatever is the other ones. And um, I was only disappointed because um, Lucy used the – was it the scorpion? Scorpio. Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Used that, and it just showed, like, a 2D art of him, and then the attack happened. And I was thinking, oh, man, now if someone's not going to have, like, the character actually show up. Because I want to see, like, the cow Taurus jump out there and, and attack or something like that. And they showed her use a heel on somebody else using the snowman, little snow guy. And he actually walked up to the person. So I don't know if it's that they haven't finished all the animations or what. So we'll see. But it looks it looks really fantastic. And I I was really afraid of it being, like, a Muso game. Because it's the same, same studio that does that kind of game. So I'm like, crap, I don't want that kind of game. I want to – I would rather have a, a Tellier type turn-based game mm-hmm. and everything about it looks fantastic so i cannot wait that would be a horrible show or a horrible game to have lucy in there trying to uh do muso <laughs> it's like it's just like her her swinging like random uh she would be doing it with her whip and then randomly a, a, a yeah, yeah, thing would true. pop that's out every once in a while that's that's true yeah that would work yeah I, I, i'm but, done i'm done but with no games. i i just don't that's see like the persona her. game i i just no. I don't want it. I'm tired of those games. Yeah, I just don't see her doing massive amounts of damage to... I mean, Wendy, I could see. Um, uh, Erza, I could see, but not Lucy. Lucy could not do massive groups of mobs. It's just not happening. Yeah, Erza would have to be like a support character. She shows up and just like decimates everything and then goes away. Mm -hmm. Because she would just decimate everything in general. So, Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm super excited, especially now that I've seen the new clips of it and the, new, the actual gameplay of it. It looks really fantastic and just very much so a, a drop into this world kind of thing. And the, the nice thing about it is there's a lot of there's a lot of 
anime-based games these days that just don't they don't have the mechanics to go with it. And so it's like a very safe thing to do is put a turn-based. Because yeah. in turn-based, you don't have to worry about mechanics not working right or just attacks don't look like they really connect. It It's just literally, here's the characters, here's them talking, they have full dialogue in there that are all recorded and everything, and it, it literally looks like a, a turn-based fairy tale show. So that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> cool stuff though i'm i'm excited for it and like i said i'm excited for ryza so a lot of the a lot of stuff they're throwing out right now is really looking good right now so cool stuff but yes that's that was a totally a long tangent out of my what i'm currently doing i got uh fate ex- uh fate extra i got that in the mail um we got my 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 miracle which we're going to post that review sometime mid this week so that was cool getting that really early because i think it's not releasing until december 3rd or something like that so that was cool to get a review copy of that. It was makes me wonder if somebody's listening to us because I think it was like right after that recording of this the discussion where we talked about that they got that license, yeah, and we got that in the mail. I'm like, uh, somebody listening to us? <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, hi. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's basically been it. I, I I think that's that's all I've been. I'm trying to keep caught up on my Noragami manga and keep getting sidetracked from that. It finally kind of concluded this very long arc that I think I've mentioned in the podcast before I thought was going a little bit too long. So I'm glad to see that that's kind of concluded. But i um, interested to see what direction it takes it next. So we'll see. That's it, though. That's that's all. That's all that's been happening outside of our usual. So with that said, I guess we can get in the news. Sounds like fun. That seems important to us. We should be important to others because it's important to us. Because everybody loves us. Daisuke. I used to do and stuff like that. Creepy. Yeah, first one we have is, speaking of love, Kaguya-sama Love is War anime is getting a second season. Yes. We know how long, we no longer have to wait. I, I was, it was funny because when they were talking about the live action, I was like, okay, cool. This could be, this could be like our, we're, we're getting the, the cold turkey happening from being away from Love is War for so long. And then we get, oh, at least we get the live action to, to see if it appeases our, our our desire for more Kaguya-sama. But um, the trailer looked okay for the live action, but uh, it, I don't think it could be a replacement of the characters in the anime. So it's good to see that we have another season coming from this. We don't have any kind of dates or anything yet, but it's good to hear that it, it is coming at least. So I w- I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess um, summer 2020. You think that far away? Spring 2020 just seems like it would be perfect, but I don't think it's going to be spring 2020. It deserves it either way. I I, I was it a spring wait. show? I really can't. It was spring, uh, wasn't it? Seems like it. I think it was spring. So maybe maybe it, it might be spring. We'll see. But yeah, that'd, that'd be great if it was spring. But I'm 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 guessing summer just because I'm I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's good stuff. If you guys haven't watched this Kaguya Sama Love Is War season one, go watch it now. It was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And um, has one of the greatest outros ever. So that we still to this day are contemplating if it's animated or CGI because it was so smooth. <laughs> uh, more sequel news. We have Utawaramono Mask of Truth. The game is getting an ad- anime adaptation as well. For those who don't know, uh, Utawaramono has been pretty much three, uh, three total series so far or games. And we recently got the... Itsuwari no Kamen, or the Mask of Deception 
uh, game was adapted adapted into an anime here recently. It was all right, but it kind of concluded with some huge reveals and stuff was going down and it really did not feel like an end to an anime. And so I guess it's good that we're getting a sequel because for those that don't play the games, you probably want to know what the hell's happening next because things, like I said, got really crazy and, and disastrous. So it'd be, it'd be nice to know. It's, it's, it's kind of annoying because it's almost like I'm going to have to go and watch at least the last couple of episodes just to remember what was going on. Because it yeah. did, did very similar to the f- first show. It's like, ah. Ah, yes, Chris, I agree. Break, ah. it, break your brain. <laughs> no, it was just a lot of uh, big, big bad guy deciding to dis- demolish a bunch of stuff. And they kind of let us at that. So, like I said, be good to, good to have some, some other stuff coming. I am kind of hoping that um, I want to see that on the Switch. I would really like that entire series on the Switch. Of course, I was really kind of waiting for that um, prequel story to be readapted into a game with a new style of gameplay because I never got to play the original game and it's way too old. So. I, 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 I agree. I would really love to play those games, but at the same time, they don't look appealing as far as how, how, how they play. I like it. I like tactical games, so. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully those come to Switch and then I'll have an excuse to play them. But for now, I, um, yeah, Vita, my Vita's kind of dead and I, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So moving on, we have uh, After the Rain Creator. For those that enjoyed After the Rain anime or maybe just jumped into the manga after that, uh, the After the Rain Creator has actually announced that they are going to be launching a new manga on November 7th. So if you like following June Mayuzuki, know that there's more work coming from them so it's called Kowloon Generic Romance I guess that's how you pronounce that Kowloon K-O-W-L-O-O-N so definitely their style so we'll see what comes with that one cool stuff mm-hmm. Maybe definitely anime. And definitely I, I, I <laughs> really enjoyed After the Rain so and I tend to, if I find a, a mangaka that I like, usually going on to his other stuff, or that mangaka's other stuff, it usually works really well for me. Next thing we have is anime production company Egg Firm and studio White Fox have announced that they invested in a new anime studio. The studio is going to be called Studio Bind. So look forward to that name popping up here and there, especially when we do our our previews and talk about shows and who's making them. Uh, it looks like the first one they have set them produce is Moshoku Tensai Jobless Reincarnation Light Novel Adaptation. So look forward to that being their, their first project. I think that was one that we were kind of eyeballing a little bit. The synopsis is just when an unemployed 34-year-old otaku reaches a dead end in life and decides that it's time for their turnover a new leaf, he gets run over by a truck and dies. So, any sekai, yo, yay! <laughs> Shockingly, he finds himself reborn in an infant body in a strange new world on a uh, of swords and magic. His new identity is Rudius Greyrat, but he still retains his memory of his previous life. Following Rudius, follow Rudius uh, from infancy to adulthood as he struggles to redeem himself. Um, in this wondrous yet dangerous world. So I think if 
if I could ask for one, it does look really dark, by the way. It's not doesn't look like very fun <laughs> type of isekai. Um, if there was one thing that I would really ask of isekais that I think kind of set them aside from other isekais, I really do like the ones where they're kind of they're forced to be uh, actually rebirth into the other world, and they grow up in that world, and they have a family, and they're actually invested in that world rather than somebody who's just thrown there and then you're trying to figure out where they're at and discover what's going on and everything so i do appreciate those a lot more if they keep the now i don't know if the trailer was done by studio buying but the trailer does look really fantastic the the trailer could have been done by white fox and then when they built bind they created a new group that could be doing it but i'd imagine they're probably gonna have people overseeing things for a while it's not like they're gonna be just filling the building full of new people and then saying go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if they keep up that style with the, what's going on with that trailer for uh jobless reincarnation, I think it'll be a great uh, start for them. So and we've always enjoyed white Fox. They've always done some fantastic stuff. So looking forward to, to seeing what they can create. Shaft is going to be making an anime based on a, a zone. I'm guessing it's a zone. It could be a zone. A. I don't know. I think it's a zone. Uh, A-Zone's Assault Lily Doll franchise, of course, is a multimedia franchise uh, based on 112 scale action dolls and figures. Um, the synopsis they have for the franchise is, On Earth, in the near future, humanity faced imminent destruction from mysterious giant creatures known as Huge. Good name. They just say, It's a Huge! <laughs> the entire world unites against the Huge and successfully develops weaponry known as charm or counter huge arms that's even i mean i guess if you're in the like things are going down people are dying you don't really have like groups that come together and say what are we going to call these things and then they have like a whiteboard and decide what they're going to make it they just like go <laughs> just call it huge it's big and they're like hey we created something to fight it counter huge arms there you go yes go with it I'm thinking of this board meeting where, yeah, we've got five or six million people that are getting ready to get murdered here in a second. Let's go ahead and spitball some ideas on the names for what we're going to call them, all right? (laughs) This is what I'm saying is I love these people. (laughs) Like, if if the world's going to crap and everybody's dying, I don't want to debate on what we're going to call things. Just, (laughs) it's a counter thing. Call it counter huge. Yeah, perfect. Counter huge. Go with it. Just get it done. Like rather than decide, just kill the things. Uh, well, that's, that's one of the one of the the kicks I always got about the um, the Walking Dead universe is where they they technically never had zombie movies, and that was the whole thing where it was it was a kick when you would see them go from group to group and they would have different names for the zombies and one would call the first group would call them walkers, another group would call them. Uh, Deadbeats or some goofy crap biters. They they had all kinds of weird names for them. So I seem to remember some of them were a little weird though. I think they would could kind of be pretty close every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways, anyways, uh, charms counter huge arms by combining science and magic. Charm exhibits high rates of synchronization with teenage girls, obviously, and the girls you use charms are viewed as heroes called lilies. Uh, throughout the world, Garden Military Academies are established to train lilies to face the huge, uh, face the huge, 
and to serve a, see that's that's what's throwing me off now because i'm thinking huge is going to describe something yeah to face the huge and to serve as base uh, bases to protect and guide people uh this is a story about fighting girls who aim to become lilies at one such garden so yeah that was a long synopsis but yeah what do you think i think the, the picture looks wonderful so that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people are probably having like, like shaft withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I know that a lot of people skipped Fate Extra, and so what mm. would be before then would have been March Comes in Like a Lion, and that was probably like a, that's one of the ones I don't really see people, people talking about. So it's like all you really have in between this and I don't know what would have been before then. It's just the Monogatari series at, at the side. So was, I guess as long as they're watching Monogatari series, they're getting their fill. But if they didn't watch Fate Extra, they're probably going, well, I need more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit uh, antsy, you know, having, haven't had a, a good Shaft show Yeah, in a you while. skipped out on Fate Extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. So I got my fill. <laughs> and then we got the uh, Magia record. So we get a little fill, little fill in there. So, yeah. But no, I've anxiously waiting for Zoku Watamakatari. Where is it at? Still waiting. It's been forever now. <laughs> but no, I, I do like the character designs they have on here. Very much so reminiscent of um, Madoka and, and um, What's-Her-Face. But now these characters look like they're from Senra Kagura. <laughs> it's like our style change here. I'm looking like this looks shafty and then these other artworks look very Senra Kagura. So I don't know if that was the original character designer, maybe, was from Singapore Kagura. So, there you go. Cool stuff. Cool stuff, though. I don't know if it says the character designer in there. Uh, Meiko Hosoi, who did Sinovitz, uh, Shawagun Roku, Raku Senju, Fate Grand Order, Camelot, and Grimgar Fantasy Nash. Hmm. Odd stuff, but uh, exciting for Shaft fans, I guess. I'm 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 pretty looking forward to it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing another magical girlish type show from from uh, Shaft here. So, fans of Studio Ghibli, maybe you're like I I really love Ghibli, and I would really like to watch their movies. Where are they at? Uh, apparently, HBO Max is going to be streaming them here soon, so uh, you can look forward to streaming them on that service in the future going to be in spring of 2020 they'll start launching them and they have pretty much 30 some of the titles so if you want to watch it it's probably in the list i'm not gonna name all these but um cool stuff cool stuff to see their catalog spreading out to other locations so cool stuff 21 films yep i'm just kind of waiting for them to come on 4k and then i'm gonna collect them all yeah you know they're gonna make them on 4k i i really need to get through that list so yeah, it, it's funny. I, I have I have that one that I think is like our biggest stain, or at least for me, for not watching. I don't know if you watched it, but it's the My Neighbor Totoro, and it's like that one's the one that I've. It's like it's it's like their mascot characters in it, and I've yet to watch it. <laughs> I, I'm fine. I, I my still my favorite is Princess Mononoke, but Kiki's Delivery Service right next to that one too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Danmachi, Memoria Freeze. For those that are in Europe, be happy that it's going to be hitting smartphones in Europe on October 24th. So you can enjoy the gotcha hell like everybody else. Hopefully it won't be as censored for you guys as it was for us. <laughs> jab, jab. 
Actually, I think it's probably the same group that's doing it. So, probably. So, yeah, cool stuff. Um, Infinite Dendrogram anime. New promo has revealed a release date, which is January 2020. So, for those that are looking forward to Infinite Dendrogram, look forward to the series hitting your eyeballs next year. I don't think I've actually looked into anything on this, so I don't really... I don't know if we've talked about it yet. Maybe done it in Studio NAS, so that's the studio. In the year 2043, uh, Infinite Dendergrams, the world's first successful full-dive VR MMO, has released. In addition to the ability to perfectly simulate with five senses, along with its many amazing features, the game pr- promises to offer players a world full of infinite possibilities. Full two years later, soon-to-college uh, freshman Reiji is finally able to buy a copy of the game and start playing <laughs> with some help from his experienced older brother, Shu, and his partner, Embryo. Reiji embarks on an adventure into the world of Infinite and Endogram. Uh, just what will he discover and encounter in the game? The world's known for its incredible realism and infinite possibilities. So, cool stuff. Lots of characters, magic, boom, 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 excitement. So, we'll, we'll see if that's... Um Possibly exciting in some way. Is that his friend? He's got like a big bear character. <laughs> Brofist with a big bear raccoon looking thing. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so yeah. Cool stuff. No, 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 no. The drama over the last two weeks that I've been ex- excited to talk about on the podcast for some time now. I'm only, I, I'm sure that most people have heard this already, but I wanted to throw it in here for those. Cause we've been talking about, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions for a while now on our discussionals. Excited for the Switch re-release and then kind of unknowing because of the censorship. Well, it's been finally confirmed. Yes, we no longer can guess. Which I guess is a good thing. At least we now know. Yeah, It's just it's disappointing in the end. Uh, But yes, uh, the big confusion that was coming is, of course, for those who don't know, Tokyo Mirage Sessions was originally released on Wii U a long time ago in Japan and then when it came to the U.S., they censored a whole bunch of stuff. So when the announcement came that it was going to come to the Switch, of course, me and many other people were like, oh, this is awesome. This is the chance that they have to put aside their old ways of Wii U where they censored everything. Now the Switch is very open and not censored full. Maybe this can be the time we get the actual version that we wanted. Well, the confusion came that the trailer that we've seen in the announcement showed censored stuff in it. So it's like, well, are they going to give us to us? Well, we still then were like, who cares if the Western release is still censored? We can just import it, right? Because now yeah. the Switch is not region locked. Well, the Japanese website for it had censored stuff in it as well. The screenshots were censored. And so the apology came out was that, okay, no. And then they switched it back, I think, to this uncensored version or something like that. But they eventually, on the Japanese site for it, finally came out and said, look, we apologize. This is actually going to be the Western release internationally. Like, we're going to make one copy that is going to be released everywhere. So everybody's going to get the same copy, and it's based off of the Western Wii U release. So it is censored. And they apologized for it, and they said, look, we'll... We're going to release a way of getting your refunds later on. We're sorry we misled anybody. And that was pretty much it. So it pretty much confirms that everybody's going to get the same release. It's going to be the Western release, which is censored, which sucks. I mean, 
my original view of it back when I bought it on the Wii U was that I didn't mind so much the change of the ages. I don't care so much that there's no pelvis lines. I I more hate the idea of somebody changing somebody else's work. That's how we've always been. I think the thing that broke the camel's back was that one dungeon they changed. That was the thing that said that told me like WTF, this is like the worst. Like this is literally changing an entire story arc for a character all for sensibilities and I really do hate that. And so for that reason I'm probably going to be just wait until it's reduced price because I'm not buying this release. I I just I hate it. It makes me sick thinking about how much they've manipulated it. And then I apologize to those of the Japan, Japanese people that have that probably wanted this on the Switch because they didn't get this Wii U and you're having to have your stuff censored because a bunch of idiots in the West. Did I you apologize. Hear they, did, did you hear the backlash? They went ahead and What's just on? bought the Wii U version. Oh yeah, well, the the kind of counter to that is that you're talking about Amazon's, you know, sales charts for the Wii U. <laughs> Not much is selling on the Wii U on Amazon, so they could have probably bought like ten and it got on the top of the <laughs> charts. But it is still fun to think about that a bunch of people are like, "Holy crap, got to buy up the the last remaining uncensored versions that are on the Wii U." I don't know. I'm tired of it. Just, just, I'm done worrying about it, and I'm done fussing over it. I'm just, I'm going to vote with my wallet and just wait until it gets super cheap. I'm not going to, and it really does suck, because it, it, it does kind of, it begs the question of, was this something they were like, we want to make something really easy, quick, cheap as heck, and make it to where we only have to make one copy so we can just distribute it everywhere. And that's what it really feels like. It feels like they were trying to make the most simplest cover everything in one blow uh, kind of thing, and that, that really does does suck. I mean, because I, I know their their mindset is we don't want to make three different versions, one that's going to be less censored Western uh, American release, one that's uncensored in Japan, and maybe something that's in another region that might be more sensitive to this stuff that may be more censored. They just want to make one and done. And that really does suck, because like many people have kind of pointed out already, this was their chance to kind of redeem themselves. Because they really butchered the original uh, release on Wii U, so bummer. But yeah, any other thoughts on that one? Nope. Okay. Moving on, we have the first trailer was released for Fate Grand Order, the movie Divine Realm. <laughs> I hate how long these titles are for the Fate Go ones. <laughs> Fate Grand Order, the movie Divine Realm of the Round Table Camelot. Yes, and they have announced that the first film will be opening in 2020 like we had any doubts of that but there it is you can check out the trailer go over not there it just has a lot of very emo boy walking around and um the beautiful artoria on her throne so still don't know why this was released after babylonia because the the, the order is different in the singularities but they probably just couldn't tie these studios to release them in, in order. So we'll we'll just do what we can do. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it, though. More more Grand Order stuff is, is great. I know, yeah. You know, eventually they're probably going to do all of them. Yeah, like I said it, it, earlier, I was like, geez, they are just banging these Grand Orders out. Yeah, banging them out. Banging them out. They want them out. Like I, I was telling them, I, I thought there was a third one that was out there um, that was being set up to be produced but i can't remember what it was so ease what it is 
more stuff, good stuff. Doku Hentai. I'm guessing this is X cross arrows or HX arrows or H arrows. I don't know how. They, they, every time they use an X, it's always different every time. So don't yell at me. Uh, the manga is getting an anime adaptation, so look forward to that. Um, the manga story begins when a unknown invader known as Keisichu or um, invades Earth and begins robbing people of their source of erotic H-energy. I like how they have a title for it. It's H-energy. So, don't lose that. Robbing them of their will to live. Wow, so if you lose your erotic energy, you lose your will to live. Sounds sounds like it makes sense. So, uh, yes, uh, Reto Injo, a high school boy, joins the hero organization H-Arrows, or H-X-Arrows, and alongside four beautiful girls, uh, beautiful high school girls, uh, will save the Earth from the alien threat. So, cute characters. Could be fun. Seems odd. We'll see. Um, whatever whatever excuse you need to get a etchy show, let's go with it. I like the girl with the pigtails that look like they're puppy dog ears. Always, um, always a fan of character designs and how they do the weird things in order to match different care- animals and stuff. Uh, Toonami is set to premiere Mahiro Academia Season 4 on November 9th, so they don't have to wait too long as it releases to us on the interwebs. I am curious. Like, Am I bringing up these Toonami premieres? To, as, is there anybody listening to this that actually is like all they watch is Toonami? I mean, I, I guess they're getting the, the, the bigger titles, the bigger Shonen titles on there. I mean, they have Dr. Stone, they have Fire Force, Food Wars... Um, the, 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 uh, the, uh, Naruto's, the, they even have Demon Slayer on there. So they're getting all the shonens pretty close to release time. And not, not like close, close, but we're talking within a season or so. So it's not like they're waiting a year or anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a very solid lineup as far as I can tell. I mean, you got, you got the, all the main ones. You've got Attack on Titan. It literally is all the shonens. All the big shonens. Yeah. <laughs> Even Attack on Titan. They're still still showing Attack on Titan. Well, I guess Attack on Titan, the recent season, wasn't but a year ago. So Has it been a year already? Time goes by so fast. It's crazy. Uh, fans of My Sister is Unusual. There's a ton of you out there, I know. Uh, hey, the writer. Hey, what's wrong with being a, a, a fan of My Sister is Unusual? Peace their own, I guess. Mari Matsuzu, uh, Matsuza. Matsuzawa, the mangaka for this series, is launching a new manga. It's called Maharashi So no Faimnin no Hanayomi, or The Five Brides of Miharashi Apartment. The, uh, the harem manga centers around a young man whose mother, who lives separately, asks him to become the manager of a room share apartment building of a bunch of girls. Yes, we've heard this one before. <laughs> My, my gosh, are we talking like 90% of anime harems back in the 90s and early 2000s was boy goes to another apartment to be the manager there of an all-girls school, boarding school or something like that. <laughs> He's got to get in there for, for some odd reason, you know? We'll see how much of those girls have pee fetishes and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm in, I'm really... The, <laughs> Don't judge me when I say this. I'm curious how much pee fetish will be in this new manga. And then we'll know for sure this guy has an issue with that. So 
because that was pretty much most of recently. My sister's unusual wasn't not. <laughs> it was time. in there quite predominantly, <laughs> but I won't say it was all of that show. Every episode I've seen of it, which I'd watched half of it at least. I don't remember. It was something like that. Every single episode was her trying to go to the restroom and she couldn't. And then, well, she had a very bad situation going on in that show. She just had a chastity belt. Yeah, which wouldn't allow her to use the restroom properly. <laughs> but she always had the wrong time to have to go. She was given moments to do it. Come on. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see how bad this one is. Moving on to fun stuff. Good stuff. Shirobako Anime Film trailer announces that it's going to have a February 29th premiere date in Japan. So... Be excited. Finally, finally, we're getting the Shirobako movie. <laughs> it's been a while. I, I, it, it is one of those ones where I think we announced the the film, the film was announced like a long time ago. And it's just been, where is this thing? Is it just that they're getting distracted with other stuff or just needed more time with it? I, I guess it's better to have a good finished product than a rush product. So. Yeah, and they also had a tidbit inside the the actual trailer where they announced that they it is going to be taking four years later. So yeah, uh, four years later, give a little time for the characters. I guess enough time for them to knock out a good, I don't know, 16 shows? I know that they were, at the end of the show, they were talking about doing a particular shonen. So that could have, take, that could have occupied their time for four years. And now they're finally maybe finishing it, and then they're going to move on to the new project in the show. Maybe is that what it is? So, I... goers of the ReZero Frozen Bonds theatrical screening will be receiving a 96-page novel written by Tape uh, Nagatsuki. So, I'm sure they're probably looking forward to that. I think it was titled "Before Memories," at least that's the translation. And, of course, other goers for the screenings between November 15th and 21st will be getting a B5 size Amelia notebook that's been arted by the designer Kyuta uh, Sakai. So, cute little Amelia um, notebooks. So, I'm sure those will be on eBay at some point that you can probably snatch them off. <laughs> or you can spend a few thousand dollars to go there and watch the movie. And go to... I don't know how random they are about getting them away. So you might have to go like, I don't know, 10 or so screenings to get them all. They might give them out randomly. Yeah. I'm not sure. Or you just trade them. You probably just trade them and be done with it. And about, I, I, I'm sure somebody would be willing to trade any of them. They all have their own charm to them. You have Magane version. You have just woke up from sleeping with a big shirt on version. You have the tying up hair in a tank top version. And then you have the um, headphones version. Sleepy. I'll, I'll do the sleepy one. Oh, you want the sleepy one? I thought you were telling this was sleepy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know the hair tie up is pretty sexy. Yeah, I'm going with eh. the sleepy. Sorry. <laughs> Magani one's pretty cute too. So at least the fan, at least the Amelia group can get something out of this whole stuff and get to get anything Rem lately. Even though there's millions of figures and stuff coming out of Rem. <laughs> Fans of Sweetness and Lightning, the creator of Sweetness and Lightning, Guido Amagakure, is launching a new manga. It's called Yura Yura Q, which I think is Swaying Q, I guess is a loose translation there. Uh, the story is a heartwarming everyday life of Kyoko, 
the child of a human and a fox. I, that'd be cute. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be cute. The artwork's pretty cute. I, I Hey, I know that I really thoroughly enjoyed Sweetness and Lightning, Lightning, so I have no doubt that I'll probably enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it won't just dissolve into food stuff. <laughs> Andrew will enjoy it. Uh, yeah, cool stuff there. I think they just recently released a 30-page chapter for its first one, which was all colored. So judging based on the hopefully popularity of Sweetness and Lightning, hopefully somebody will pick up that one and release it here in the West. Translated. So Cool stuff. Gundam fans... SD Gundam G Generation Cross Rays is getting a re- release in the West. Now, you, there's probably Gundam fans out there that know a lot more than me about this, so I'm just going to say this is all I've found of it, so I could be wrong here. Uh, all I know so far is that the pre release is going to be on November 27th, and the PS4 Switch release have been confirmed uh, to have an English release in Southeast Asia. So I don't know if it's that you can pick it up on PC in the West and have no problems. But if you want a PS4 or Switch version, you have to pick up the Southeast Asia version, which does have English. That's what I'm gathering. So cool stuff either way is that um, there's the option for people to be able to play some SD Gundam. Pretty cool. I haven't really seen any gameplay on it, just the trailers. So I'm not sure exactly how the, the gameplay works for it. I'm sure it's probably grid-based tactical, maybe, is, is my guess. Fans of Miku, be thoroughly disappointed like I was. <laughs> Sega revealed what they're doing with their Project Sekai. It is going to be Project Sekai Colorful Stage featuring Hatsi Miku. So it's going to be a rhythm game on smartphones that looks very similar to pretty much every single idle rhythm game out there. But there's Miku in there every now and then, so... <laughs> Yay, I guess. Woo. I'll just wait for the Switch game. I'll avoid. Because all I'm thinking is it's probably... it's Everything else is supposed to be original characters. So there's going to be a bunch of different random girls that are doing stage performances with, you know, the rhythm dancing. And then probably have gotchas for all those characters. And then probably every now and then they'll have, here's Miku, and Miku's in the gotcha. Have fun rolling for her. And then here's... Here's Luca, and you can roll for her in the gotcha, and yeah. So, I don't need more <laughs> gotcha games, so nope. <laughs> uh, I'll wait for the, like I said, I'll wait for the Switch release. You? I'm fighting the urge to dump my two gotcha games off of my iPad, so. There you go. There you go. The suppose, a, uh, suppose a kid from the last dungeon, Boonies, moves to a starter town light novel, gets an anime adaptation. Uh, this is going to be done by Leiden Films. Uh, the synopsis is, Lloyd is a novice adventurer whose dream is to discover true strength in the capital he's always admired. Despite growing up in the neighbors, uh, with neighbors who always considered him weak, the story starts with him departing his hometown, which just happens to be located right next to... One in, one of the most dangerous dungeons in the world. Uh, Lloyd may think of himself as powerless, but when he goes to the city that serves as the starter town of Four Ventures, the difference between him and everyone else couldn't be starker. Yeah, that was quite different than when I was matching up against all the trailer. I just figured it was going to be one of those ones where he was going to go back to his hometown after beating the the big demon lore or something. So Yeah, that makes makes an interesting concept, you know. 
We'll, we'll see. It's not an isekai, so there you go. Come on, people. It's not an isekai, so enjoy it. Uh, another one. Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena, Elena I'm guessing. Uh, light novel is to get an anime adaptation. This one's being done by Studio C2C. And it's Once Upon a Time, There Was a Witch Named Elena, who set off on a journey across the world. Along the way, she would meet all kinds of people from the country full of witches to a giant in love with its own muscles. But uh, with each meeting, Elena would become a small part of their story, and her own world would get a little bit bigger. So, Interesting. The trailer doesn't really have much for it, just her flying out of a paper and flying into the sky. So, <laughs> the, the character designs are good, though. I like yeah, her. she looks cute. Uh, I, I guess I can do the last adaptation announcement, I guess, that I have on my list rather than jumping over there. Uh, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Light novel is getting an adaptation as well. After living a painful life as a co- office worker, Azizia ended, ended her short life by dying from overworking. So when she found herself reincarnated as an undying, unaging witch in a new world, she vowed to spend her days stress-free and pleasantly as possible. She... Um, she ekes out a living uh, by hunting down the easiest targets, the slimes. But after um, we know that's not true, based on another show, <laughs> actually two different shows, one with the cautious hero destroying the hell out of slimes, thinking then it might come back, and then we have the reincarnated as a slime being super overpowered. Anyways, uh, but after centuries of doing the simple job, she ended up with an insane powers. How will she maintain her low key life now? The interesting thing is that the main character is actually voiced by Aoyuki, so that's cool. That would make a fun protagonist. And there's two sister slimes that are absolutely adorable. So I'm I'm looking for that one forward to that one based off of the character designs, but um we'll see if it can I mean we say it every time during our previews, if you're picking up on something that's very popular right now, but you need to do something that actually sets yourself aside. Being reincarnated and being overpowered is uh, a good start, but you really need to find your your what you're going to be good at, and hopefully they have a good niche to go by. I get the impression that this one is actually one of those that is actually catching some heat, so I, I suspect this is going to be another one of those that's actually going to surprise, and we're going to really enjoy it. I mean heat by good heat. Yeah, good heat. People are kind of fire for it. Not, yeah, they not they're really, heat like it's taking heat. Like people no. are bashing on it. <laughs> no, they're they're enjoying it. <laughs> he can go different directions there. So yeah, well, it has Aoyuki to go for it. So it's already it's already yeah. sold for me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're easy like that. Uh, so quick game news: we have a Tellier Dust Trilogy Deluxe Pack is going to be releasing in the West on January fourteenth on PS4, Switch, and PC. Please do a physical release. I'm still mad they didn't do a physical release of the other one. Yeah, that's on the Switch. Yeah, but it's digital only. That's what sucks. So yeah, cool stuff. You can pretty much at this point, now when this comes out, I think you can pretty much have all the, what would be 7th generation was PS3? All the PS3 generation onward of Ateliers are pretty much going to be on the Switch at that point. So cool stuff for Switch fans. Um, And of course, all the other ones as well. Um, PS4 having a nice collection and all the PC goers. We got all of them all. We got them all. We got them all. 
they're a lot of fun, and I, I think each one of them has their own flavor. So it's 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 one of the cool things where even though if you buy a collection, you can find the one that has like a more suitable style to them because a lot of they change in style as well. Some of them are very uh, cutesy. Some of them will be a little bit more rough around the edges, um, style wise. Um, different mechanics are in each one of them. They all kind of they all have the same guts, but they all have a different kind of aesthetic to them. So cool stuff, cool stuff. I was actually ta- I was actually thinking about that the other day about the test trilogy not being on the Switch, and then boop, there it is. It's there. So excited. Yes, definitely. You ready to get the other one? No, I yeah. I just need to go ahead and bite the bullet and do it. I've oh. been putting it off for nearly a year now. Yeah. All right. It's on my wish list. It's near the top, I'm sure. Cool deal. Cool deal. Fans of Love Plus, they're back. <laughs> Those three characters are back. And they haven't aged one bit. They're kind of like Bart. They never age. Uh, but yes, uh, Love Plus is coming back. It's going to be on a smartphone game launching on October 31st. So I think that was the one that a guy married one of the characters in it, like officially, which was kind of was kind of uh, interesting. So uh, the I guess the new thing in this one is that there's going to have a support of VR in it as well. So they will now be able to have your Love Plus waifu characters in VR. So, yeah, it's Love Plus Plus. Love plus every is the new name. love plus plus love plus every is the name. So I always like the short hair character. She was really cute, but yeah, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Mostly Gundam fans again. Charge Counterattack is apparently getting a film screening in the U.S. on December fifth. So um, celebrating an anniversary for this anniversary, they are doing a English subtitle screening of it. Ninety nine percent sure it's not going to be anywhere near us, right? Fathom Events and Sunrise will be doing it, so look on them for finding out their screening locations. I'm certain it will be specific to Western and Northeastern locations, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> but cool stuff, though. Um, that is a really awesome movie, so it would be really awesome to see it in theaters as well, I'm sure. So, Cool stuff, cool stuff. Robotech is returning. Yes, Funimation said... What does people want so bad? No, not Macross. They don't want Macross. They want Robotech. And so they announced that they have the TV series and movies of Robotech going onto their catalog here soon. So if you're a big fan of that series, be excited. It's on Funimation now. So woohoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. yeah. Hey, woo. Thank you, Chris. He's got me. He got, he got my back. The first Sailor Moon movie, Eternal Film, is going to be opening in Japan on September 11th of 2020. I'm not sure who decided on that date, but we'll go with it. It's in Japan. They don't don't know what it is. They don't really think of that kind of stuff. (laughs) But no, the interesting thing is, I mean, they altered altered Ajin. So it's not that they don't know, but anyways. No, they know. It's, it's not just that they it's don't. It's not like they they're trying to step on anybody's it. foot. Yeah. And I, it, it does make me wonder if somebody's going to make a big deal of that. That's the only thing that comes to my mind when I think of that. So anyways, uh, but that's really a long time away. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking here recently about the the second movie was being worked on, Dean, I think, with, with Toei. And we were discussing at that point of how long it's been since we've had the, was it the third season? And then we started talking about Chris wanting to buy off the seasons. <laughs> it's still sitting in my cart, by the way. Um, but now it's like, 
that's it's a long time since that last season and they finally released this first movie. It's just taking forever for them. And I'm not sure is it just not on there. Is it just on the back burners and they're just doing it as a side project or is it something they're actually wanting to finish complete anytime soon? I hope that they, I don't speed things up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Root Film is going to be releasing in the West on Switch and PS4. Um, I, I thought I had a date. <laughs> they announced they're getting a release in the West. Of course, this is the sequel to uh, Katakawa's game uh, Root Letter. So if you're a fan of Root Letter, look forward to uh, Root Film coming to the West as well. So PS4 and Switch, Europe and North America. Cool stuff. I, I really do need to get back and, and do Root Letter. I, I keep... Along with everything, putting that off. So, yep, yep. And uh, finally, pre- a promo was released for "My Next uh, Life as a Villainess: All Roots Lead to Doom" uh, was released, and they put in a reveal for an April 2020 release. So, look forward to that one finally popping up in spring of 2020. Really goofy one. It's basically about the girl who realized that she's the character in a a Toma game where she's the villain and she knows that all the roots lead her death. So she's trying to foil the roots of some sort. So, yeah, that's, that seems to be right. It it was, it, it, it's sounded completely backwards than what you were expecting it to be. And so it it was like, this, this sounds brilliant. If they pull this off. Yep. Yep. Of course being done by Silverlink. So it's kind of funny. So it's like little clips of her kind of avoiding, Possible death. She's gonna have like an internal council of what she needs to do to avoid death. <laughs> All right, the next one we have is a slew of Netflix news. I think they did this the prior year as well, where they pretty much laid out their their um their plans going forward and what they're gonna be doing for the next year, basically for anime releases, which is always exciting for us of the anime world. Even if we do have our issues with Netflix, we do recognize that there is some things they're doing that does pique our interest. At least me, anyways. I'm I'm sure I'm probably completely alone in that one. So I'll shut up. So yeah, let's let's dive through the list here. We have first off is Netflix revealed a anime called Dino Girl Gauko, and this was released in a kind of a slew of multiple titles that they were announcing for families. You know, saying these are titles that are family friendly that kids will enjoy and families will enjoy. Um, but it's, uh, essentially an animated series of a girl named Gauko. Um, let me see the synopsis of Jap- uh, set in Japan follows Naoko Watanabe, a typical, tw- uh, twin girl, aside from the fact that she possesses strange and sometimes troubling powers when she, when her anger re- exceeds a maximum level, she turns into Gauko, the fire breathing dinosaur girl. So it does pretty look pretty cute. So, if you have, I, I guess you'd probably want to check it out beforehand, but if you have kids that uh, are looking for a fun little animated series and you want to get them to animate, that's probably a, a good gateway for you. <laughs> I'll probably check it out as well, see if it's got some fun uh, aspects, because most of the time when they have those kind of shows, there's always some kind of element that makes it fun for other ages as well. So This is the proper way to raise up our little otakus. Yes, <laughs> with Dino Girl Gakko. <laughs> All right, next one we have is uh, Levius. Levius is a 3D CGA anime series premiering on Netflix on November 28th. This is being done by Polygon Pictures, and it's basically Megalobox. 
sort of, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's an age where devices are powered by steam technology that fuses bodies to machinery, makes cyborg boxing fights uh, immensely popular. A young man named Livius is drawn to these fights through what can only be destiny. Uh, but his talents will be what determines his future. So, I'll be checking this one out, mainly on the idea that I always give Polygon Pictures series a shot because they're about the only CG, 3G, C- C- 3G, <laughs> 3D CG uh, style anime uh, producers that always ends up doing interesting stuff, uh, stories that are kind of out of the norm, more sci-fi than usual, so... I'll give it a shot. Definitely the trailer does not grab me like uh, Megalobox's trailer did, but <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something there to check out, hopefully. I hope. You said you weren't drawn not, at all. Not really. I I barely. I mean, I am curious, though, is if um, Livius sounds like a Latin name, and the one of the things that they're doing is it's the Colosseum. So I wonder if this is based off of a story in ancient Rome, just kind of doing like what they did with Megalobox. Where, steampunk. Yeah. Onto it. yeah. It could be, could be, that'd be, that'd be a interesting look at it. And they quoted that the Nozomi is making her debut with the theme song as well, which is Wit and Love, which if you check out the trailer, you can hear her voice in there as well. So always like to throw a shout out to new singers. Uh, next we have new, the new, the new, the, 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 the new disastrous life of Psyche K to debut um, worldwide on December 30th on Netflix. So the long awaited uh, Psyche K new series, the six episode series is going to be worldwide December 30th. So, Right around the new year, you can sit down with some some uh, Psyche K, which is always good. About time. Takes forever. I'm still going to get caught up on that one. I, I Every time I see a trailer for it, I get depressed that we haven't got caught up on it. Yeah, see? especially since this last uh, – that that trailer was kind of like po- poking at us. Like we, we did stories. By the way, all this stuff one. that we did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you've missed. Uh, it does feature two new characters. One is a very uh, creepy new teacher, which um, that's one of those wings that can always go either being uncomfortable or being absolutely hilarious, depending on how they mess with it. Um, that That's always kind of a fine line there. And then they also have some girl that looks like she has terrible luck. So she's probably going to show up on the screen every time covered in blood. All right. The next title is Kagaster of an Insect Cage. It's going to be debuting on Netflix in 2020, being done by Studio Gonzo. Uh, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world where a mysterious disease, Kagaster, turns people into giant murderous insects. The manga's based uh, manga-based series follows the struggle of a young couple to stay survive or to stay alive. So, all we got really so far on that one is just two little screenshots, which um, it does again look like 3D CG, but. Um, Again, has an interesting style to it, so we'll see. It, it does seem like Netflix is pretty sold on CG anime, so I guess every time I bring up a show that's on Netflix, just assume it's going to be... Except for Psyche K, that's, that's not their property, so somebody else is doing it. But anything that's pretty close to, their, to Netflix's pocket is going to be pretty much CG, so... It is a bummer, but it seems to be their their style. So, 
Next one is Altered Carbon, resleeved. It's going to be streaming on Netflix on in spring of 2020, uh, being done by Studio Anima. And the series is based on a Netflix live-action science fiction series of the same name. The work will explore new elements of the story mythology. Um, it's like uh, Dai Sato of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex and Eureka 7. And uh, Sukasa Kondo are credited for the writing of the project. So some good some good people behind it to, to see if they can do something interesting with that property. I think we've heard of that one before, though. So it seems like I remember Altered Carbon from somewhere. And um, yeah, Ghost in the Shell's happening still. <laughs> the three D CG uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex twenty forty five is still happening. They released a trailer for that one. It doesn't look good, but we'll see. It's being done by production IG and Sola Digital Arts. It it's. It's the worst kind of 3D CG anime where it's hyper detailed environments and stuff, and then it has an anime character in it. And it just looks very weird. She looks so, like a doll. Pretty much, like a. I guess. I mean, like literally, <laughs> she looks like a doll. I mean, literally, a doll. Like, does she look like a ghost in a doll? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. I, I mean, she really looks like a doll. <laughs> does she? Interesting, Chris. I mean, well, you you, you, she? you you go, okay, Ghost in the Shell, she's obviously a doll. I mean, that's, no, I mean, she literally looks like a doll. She looks like a porcelain doll. A there porcelain doll. There you go. Thank you. I mean, I guess I can go darker with it from there, but that's fine. We'll leave it there. We'll see. I'm just not looking for that one all. The one I am looking forward to, though, especially after the recent trailer, I was kind of interested or intrigued by it based off of the initial announcement of it because they were talking about the director was going to be uh full metal alchemist brotherhood's uh yasuhiro idie but i did was kind of a little hesitant based on the fact that they were talking about that one being 3d cg as well but based off the trailer that i've seen it looks really good i mean i would describe the style for those that aren't going to actually go out and look up the trailer for eden i would describe the, the style kind of like nino kuni that kind of roundness and style to the animation and the and the uh, the CG work with the cell shadedness, but it looks very very sharp. And so far, the world looks really interesting. A girl wakes up, or these these rob it's a world that's overrun by robots, and there's no humans left. And then these robots find a capsule where there's a baby inside of it, a human baby, and they raise it. And then there's like this little kind of dialogue about why am why am I human? Why couldn't I be a robot as well? Um, just a really cool little interesting themes they might be able to explore with it. Um, it's only going to be four episodes, but um, yeah, looks it looks very interesting to me. Looks like uh, uh, Cubic Studios is going to be doing the, the, the work for it. Um, the synopsis is the upcoming sci-fi fantasy series. Eden is set three th- or a thousand in the, of thousands of years into the future, um, where a city known as Eden 3 is inhabited solely by robots whose former masters vanished a long time ago. On a routine assignment, two farming robots accidentally awaken a human baby girl from stasis, questioning all they are taught to believe that humans were nothing more than a forbidden ancient myth. Together, the two robots secretly raise the child in a safe haven outside of Eden. Cool stuff? Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, watching this, uh, the trailer, I... 
I definitely got a different vibe than what we were getting in the first synopsis kind of breakdown of what, what it was going to be about. So I'm, I'm a lot more interested in it now than I was last time that we discussed this. All right. For those of it watched the first season of seven seeds on Netflix, they've already announced they're going to be a second season as well in 2020. I have yet to get on that one. So I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> I was interested in the original one. Um, just again, like usual with, with Netflix releases, half the time you miss it and then you never go back to it. So it really is something that you just have to go out of your way for anymore because it's not in the forefront of discussions and stuff because it just drops out of nowhere. And finally, the last of Netflix news we have is Netflix adds the first 41 episodes of the 1986 Saint Seiya anime, uh, complete with new English dub and subtitles. So it's available in North America, New Zealand and Australia. So Check that out if you are a Saint Seiya fan or if you just want to get into it. There you go. Coo, coo, coo. Coo, 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 coo. All right. Quick breakdown of ending mangas and light novels. We have Kona Subarashi, Sekai Ninishijo. Uh, oh, manga is ending. Innings, the um, I think it's a baseball manga, is ending. Uh, let's see here, Sore Yuke Isekai Cheat Magician manga is inning. Uh, Kare Cafe manga is inning. Uh, Human Lost manga is inning. Uh, Nishi Niji Lean on Me is inning. School Live manga is finally coming to an end. I'm sad. <laughs> uh, it's inning with its uh, release in November 22nd, uh, which is going to be uh, making its 12th compilation its final volume. So I think we have 11 over here now. So basically the next one that they release in the West will be the final of the school live. And Andrew will cry. Does it feel like the, they were pulling it to a close? I mean, I, I haven't read the 11th yet, so I don't know if it's like building up to a climax. Um, the last I left it in 10, it wasn't really feeling like it was coming to a climax. So, I mean, it was definitely revealing some things, that could be an exit, I guess to say would be the best way to put it. But um, yeah, I guess I guess that would probably work. We'd be going based on that length. Um, fans of Haganai, the manga is coming to an end with its twentieth volume. Uh, Scarlet manga is ending. Gamers, the light novel is ending with its twelfth volume. So I'm certain there's a lot of people out there probably interested to find that out. Uh, Hozuki Cool Headedness manga is ending in five chapters. And uh, Mizuno to Chayama manga is ending December, so lots of lots of big titles coming to an end. Uh, licenses we have a couple here or a few. Uh, Yimpress has licensed Weathering with You novel. Uh, it's going to be releasing a hardcover version of it as well as a digital release in December of uh, December seventeenth. Uh, Seven Seas has licensed Penguin Drub novels. Uh, Sarazanmai, Ryo, and Mabu manga. The Legend of Dororo and Hyakumaru manga, which is the remake of the original manga. So that'll be interesting to check that out. Uh, Love Me for What I Am manga. The Invisible Shovel. The Invincible Shovel. <laughs> I wanted to check this one out. The Invincible Shovel. Yeah, this has got to be a reincarnation of shovel, isn't it? Um, Alan. I think so. 
Alan is the strongest miner in the world, able to reduce mountains to rubbles with simply a swing of his trusty shovel. Uh, but when Princess Let- uh, Leticia uh, begs him to escort her on a quest to save her kingdom from an invading demon force, he agrees to leave his solidar- uh, sol- solitary mountain abode, the vent- uh, mountain abode, and venture forth on one condition: she must help him find the successor to train. In the hilarious fantasy tale for fans of RPG, evil doesn't stand a chance against the mightiest power of the shovel. Oh, so it's not a reincarnated as a shovel; it's just a minor hero. Okay, that wasn't as weird and predictable as I thought it would be, but it still sounds interesting, I guess. Um, yeah. And the last one I have is Seven Seas has licensed uh, Sazan and Comet Girl. Comet Girl, sorry. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's that's all the news. That's all the news that I found. That's interesting to me. That should be interesting to. I thought it would be interesting to Chris, but apparently not interesting to Chris. What makes you say it wasn't interesting? <laughs> wasn't engaging as you usually were. I'm sorry. There I was trying. Go. There'll be a lot of Andrew voice in this particular podcast episode, but hopefully we we'll have some more Chris as we go into some some discussion from our community because he always seems to like enjoy jumping on those ones. So let's see. Again, if you go to talkaspear.com, you can go to the forums at the top. Um, you can also go to one of the social media links on the right side there at talkaspear.com and contact us those way. We also have a contact us button at the top at talkaspear.com or you can just email me at andrew@talkaspear.com. Either way. Any one of those ways. Anyway, you can throw us questions. Like these fine people did. We have first one. Did we get a confirmation on, on how to pronounce Jared? Is that Jared? Did, did they ever confirm... Or deny that my way of pronouncing their name was correct? No, I don't remember ever seeing anything like that. I should probably look at it. Rather than butcher the name again, I can find out now if I said it right. Did not confirm or deny. Dagnabbit. <laughs> I was hoping for a, for a confirmation. Was it, was it that one that we did a question from them? Yeah, we did. I think All it's right. Jared Football. Th- yeah? Jared B. Football? There's a B in there. We'll go with Jared, though. I'm just going to say Jared. <laughs> Jared with a three. Um, says, hello, and An- Andrew and Chris. Uh, I would like to ask you guys a couple questions that I ha- I hope will have some good discussion. First question. What are some anime shows and movies, old or current, that you think are really good that have failed to receive the recognition that they deserve? Onehe. And I, I see you got uh, Rakugo Shinju down there. Definitely need to get that. Um, yeah, the ones I wrote down when I read this question immediately was Shogun, Roku, Raku, Zinju, and March Comes Like a Lion. Those are the two that, over the last five or so years, were the ones that where I'm like, why isn't more people talking about this? <laughs> like, there was some, like, like when we when we were watching Land of Illustrious, it was like, we were like, holy crap, this is so great. Hopefully people talk about it. And eventually, out of nowhere, everybody started talking about it. So it was like, cool, I'm happy, good. It's 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 finally happening. I don't have to keep screaming and hoping that somebody hears. They figured it out. They they went out there and they looked at it. Um, and that's that's really the case also with a lot of the um, Amazon titles right now is that they just get lost there. And it's, it's the same with Netflix too. There's a lot of Netflix titles that just seem to get lost. Anything that's outside of the normal streaming routes just get lost, and that's what really sucks. Um, Did- but it, Mars comes in like a lion and Shogun Roku Roku Jinja were on Crunchyroll. 
but they I think they had like like Showa had like the, its artwork was a guy sitting down obviously in the pose to do Rakugo but you've seen that and you're like well there's a cute moe girl right next to him I'm gonna click on that show or there's a there's a shonen action kid next to that one I'm gonna click on that show a lot of people just seem like they didn't want to give that one any attention and I I don't blame a lot of people because when the, when the first episode opens up it's not like it's a super engaging show it's a slow methodical tale of this guy's entire life and it doesn't rush itself and it it kind of lets you get involved in the in the life and to sit down with them and listen to this rock ago and it was absolutely fantastic but something that might be a little bit helpful for you is one of the things that we tend to do is every year we do a kind of a roundup of the entire year. Um, and that might be if you're, if you're kind of wanting to cut out just listening to all of our reviews over the course of all the time, that's only they're longer. That's for sure. So take that into consideration. But at the same time, you can hear me and Andrew kind of really hash out what we feel, and this is Andrew getting his say in and me getting my say in as to what shows really sh- took the time to shine throughout that year. And so oh, that Ushio might be some, and Ushio and Tora would be a good one. <laughs> so, and, and those are the ones where we will, we will kind of really, uh, kind of drop hints of the ones that we really think didn't get enough play in the overall. And I don't know too many um, podcasts that are actually watching every show. Yeah, it's funny. Every time we do a review episode, we always have like – it seems like there's always one show per season where we're like, this one you might not think is that great, but there's something here. Like I think it was last season. I think it was last season we had the one um, – the, um, the, gr- the girl in the jar – um a- apathetic boy and mercurial girl the girl in the jar or something like that it was like this out of the nowhere out of the norm show that was absolutely beautiful well i mean we literally recently did a um was it our was it our shows on did we do the episode yet where we were talking about shows that were out of the norm that we really enjoyed we did we did a show here recently that was kind of pointing out shows that were kind of not the unpop- was it the unpopular opinion one that we did that in? Yeah. Or did I say that I wanted to do something based off of that one? No, we did a we did a podcast on it. Yeah, we we talked about a bunch of shows. Uh, yeah, punchline. <laughs> punchline uh, is definitely another one. But yeah, in that in that episode, the unpopular opinion podcast episode that we did here recently, we did point out a lot of shows that just didn't really seem like it uh, got much attention that should have been. Uh, Nobunaga Concerto was listed in there. Oni Hay was listed in there. Planet With. I think Planet With got plenty of uh, attention. Um, Caught of the Right Answer, I think, didn't get enough attention. We talked about Gatchaman Crowds. Um, I was going to say Cross Angel because it's in their list, but I, I don't know. No, I really, no. I don't know. We just, we just bring up cross age so we can go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Still, it, it's funny that we've made that a thing now where this, we, we talked about in our music episode was like, I'm cross age about this song. And it, it's like, Chris immediately knows what I'm talking about. Oh, cross age. Yeah. So I know where he's going with this one. He doesn't know what he thinks. So yeah, we also did Yushu and tour in that way as well. School Live, just the first episode. At least, the first episode. Yeah. 
and we liked cre- create recreators, but I think they got plenty of attention as well. I think that was all the ones we pretty much brought in that one. Just different attention than we gave it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny because um, WWE Aftermath on Twitter was asking me if I would do another 100 Suggestions episode, similar to the one that we did a while back. Uh, we did a, to celebrate my, I don't know what it was, like 1200 or something like that, uh, anime series watched. We did like this whole episode where we did the top 100 suggestions. Because you don't want to say top shows you say suggestions that way people can't complain that you didn't have their show in there because you're not saying that they're the top shows and i really enjoy doing that because it's pretty much going this is all i've been through and these are the ones that kind of stand out and that one was more about these are the these are the shows that i think are just really great shows that people should watch um and not so much of just kind of going through a bunch of shows that i really enjoy so i'm almost thinking of probably doing a another one like another (laughs) Hundred suggest like he like he posted in his tweet uh, another hundred suggestions, and maybe just do the one hundred to the two hundred that I would have done that I cut out before, um, which now I think I'm at like I don't know probably fourteen hundred at this point shows watched. Let me see what is that list. I gotta update my list. <laughs> I don't want to because I'm like two years behind now. Twelve hundred. And twenty eight uh, total shows. So yeah, I'm, I'm. That would be technically covering a good twenty or so percent of what I've watched. So that would be that'd be a good point. I don't want to get to the point where I'm just kind of suggesting all the shows I've ever watched that I've enjoyed. But yeah, I would I would enjoy doing that. And I I would almost half enjoy just doing an entire episode of. Can I do a hundred? And maybe at least fifty, like fifty shows that are just out of the norm. Like these are shows that I think at least 90% of the audience listening to us probably never heard of. That would be really interesting to do. But I don't know. It's, it's hard these days to really kind of point out. I mean, like I said, off the top of my head, I can throw in shows like the, the girl in the jar. That's easily one that nobody watched. Oni Hay is easily one that nobody's ever watched. Um, listening to this. I'd be curious to know how many people listen to this. I even heard of Oni Hay. We had a little fun with, the. <laughs> With AA podcast talking about what the hell's a noni hey, but that's the ongoing joke is this idea. There's a lot of these shows that we end up finding because we are one of the few people that are really wanting to go through that Annie chart list and really kind of find them. Like that's that's the reason why I have all that data to throw up people in those discussional episodes where we're going. Here's the shows to find where to stream them because I'm actively looking for them because we have to watch at least you know, three of episodes of each of them so we can get an idea of them and do a, a first impressions on them because. That's what we do here. So we often find a lot of really weird shows in that process that isn't on the most popular list of, of crunchyroll.com. So yeah, that'd be fun to do. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can do with that. Um, but did that answer the question at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're asking about anime shows and movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, movies, um, movies that failed to get recognition. Movies are kind of a weird thing because either they're really awesome or they're not awesome. So, and and we don't get a huge amount of them. So it's rare. It's rare that you're actually going to have a case of one that didn't get enough attention. Because I mean, what what's the least uh recognizable one that we've watched is probably what is that colorful or whatever that was 
and the pe- and the people who watched it they they acknowledge what it was there for because it's it's it its theme was absolutely blatant. Yeah, that would that would probably be the one that got the least recognition out of all the ones that we have, I would I would guess. Right. Cuz I even did that whole thing where a couple of years ago for one of the one of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, I like actively went out and found as many of the movies that I could for that year so that I could be able to judge for it. And there wasn't really many in that entire list that I even cared about even voting for in the end because they weren't that great. It ended up coming down to uh, one of the Kizu Monogatari movies or something like that. So, Well, I guess we could talk about the the guy, the the ramen show that had, you know, the murderous ramen. What eh? was that? The, the artsy one that came from uh, China. Oh, okay. I'm just racking my brain for like some kind of ramen shooting out and killing people. And then, okay. Um, yeah, that was a Chinese done by Comics Wave. Comics Wave. Yeah. And, and see, to say that that one didn't have a lot of coverage. No, of course it didn't have a lot of coverage because it wasn't. It was Netflix. Yeah, it was. It was Netflixed. It was okay, but it wasn't. It wasn't something that I would go and say, "Go and watch this," because it was under under recognized. This is this is throwing me off. It was Comics Wave, wasn't it? It seems like it makes sense because it was um, because it was done by the one. Holliners was the was the group that paid him, or was was producers for it. Ah, Flavor of Youth. There it is. Um, another series before I forget again. Um, that I think. Definitely deserves more recognition was the Yuki Yuna's a Hero series because that one was I loved it to death and it didn't really get much at all any recognition when it was airing and that was another one where we were, we were pretty much going nuts when that first popped up it was like but again that was that was kind of a, that was almost like a in the bottle thing because like if you don't know what Yuki Yuna's a Hero is don't Google search it just watch the first episode just go straight to the first episode because that's what we did and that was kind of again. Almost like one of those magic in the bottle moments where we didn't – the artwork that was released for it had no indication of what it was and it it caught us off guard based off that. So I could throw out Hineko and um, My Mental Choices. I think that those just like um, – they're, they're kind of in, in a similar vein to like um, – uh, no game, no life. Where people tend to just just like we were talking about with um, punchline is where people will automatically make a, a a decision based on the first couple of episodes, and they're like, "Well, this is just etchy garbage," and so it's not worth even paying halfway attention to. And actuality, they they have some very um, uh, interesting payoffs towards the end, and they're very funny, or they're really an interesting show in general it's it's hard to remember exactly why i ended up liking mental choices but i do remember really really enjoying it henico i loved because it was just so freaking funny and had a great cast of characters and i know that neither of those got a lot of play in the in the general consensus yeah scrap princess didn't seem like it got much of attention but it seemed like that's another one of those there's a lot of the like uh, I guess early 2000s that are they're getting more attention now than they did before like Sora no Roto 
um, surprised to see people kind of speak highly on that one when when I didn't really hear much about Mayo. it back in the day. Um, yeah, Mayo, Mayo is a good one. It just needs more. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. In our Kong Con, I enjoyed that one at the time. It didn't seem like it got much attention. Uh, I was big on Nice Sidonia when it first hit, and nobody seemed to want to talk about it. Um, Read the Virgin Witch seemed like there was some discussion happening about it, but it was a lot of it was more kind of trying to dive into the controversial aspects of it. But I I enjoyed it for what it was. Nobunaga Concerto it needs more. That was definitely one that was not much talked about. Did we give him enough? <laughs> do, we, do we need to give him more? Three leaves, three colors. <laughs> Wasn't well. It uh, should have got more attention than it did. Um, I could go on. I Like I said, I would, I would love to do an entire episode really hitting on shows that I don't think many people know about. That would be a lot of fun. So We'll leave it for that. Uh, I put Spice and Wolf in the list, but that's... It's just one of those ones where I think it just it's it never gets enough attention. Even if you say, "Look, it's it's popular now. Everybody loves Spice and Wolf now." It's like, but not enough, not enough. Uh, second question from Jared is: uh, You only get three picks each. If you could choose any anime that is not finished and have it receive an in, maybe that's why I had Spice and Wolf down there. Okay, that's that's why I had Spice and Wolf down there. Okay, uh, <laughs> you have three picks each. Uh, if you have uh, finished any anime that's not finished currently, uh, get an ending. What shows did you pick? Uh, how would you end the series? Oh, I, I'm not finishing any of these. I want the person who wrote them to finish them. Yeah, that's that's really my thing. Um, but um, yeah, Spice and Wolf, yes, yes. I was going to yes. – I'm going with Mayo. I, I really, really, like Andrew was saying, it didn't finish, and I want more of that show. I really, really enjoyed it. I have, I'm, I'm, I really need to get serious and go ahead and, and just buy the freaking uh, novels for that. Has it been translated? Yes. Oh, cool. cool it's cool. on the J Novel Club. That's why I've been debating going on that so bad. I want us. I'm, I'm going to write this one down now so I don't forget it because I'm looking at a quick list here. Um, Noragami. And I say that with a caveat. I think I've, people have heard me talk about this before. I so want more Noragami. I love that series so much. Yeah, I loved it so much that I went out and I bought the entire manga and I've been keeping up on that. The thing is, is that I almost wonder if they're going to have to change something to make the story make sense because they have they left out certain things in the adaptation this is this might be this is totally stupid andrew theory here but it almost feels like they almost will never adapt anything more just because shortly after that second season of what they have adapted they're getting into something they they had a scenario where you have the shinkies having they're using something that was not brought up in the anime adaptation that is crucial to the story going forward. And it's this element that the Shinky, based on their uh, their mental superiority to somebody, one of the other ones, can actually overcome them in power. And they've never re- – the way that they translated that into the anime adaptation, or maybe it's just the way that they translated the English, they didn't explain that. And so it's almost like they have a plot hole now to deal with in the adaptation. So, But I do want more of it. Um, so yeah, I guess that would probably be another one that I would definitely throw in there. I would love more March Comes in Like a Lion too. So I guess that would be my three. Um, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, 
was another series that I really, really badly wanted. Oh, Claymore. Oh, man. <laughs> so much good stuff happens in Claymore after the anime butchered its anime original ending. Oh, I would love more Claymore. If you have not read the manga for Claymore yet, it gets really good later on. I mean, it does have... It does have a lulling point, especially in the later parts. It just gets really over-the-top, crazy, overpowered moments. But it has some really awesome moments with all the Claymores and how they interact. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil things. It, Grim- just, it gets so good. Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash. That's my two. That would be good. You get three. I know. You just want two. I'm, I'm thinking very, <laughs> very carefully on which ones I pick. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to throw one out there that I really do wish we had and never did. And that would be um, my girl over here. Um, Your girl over here. Um, you're looking at figures or? No, she's um, on the Oh, wall. speaking of figures, I huh. would love Gate. Um, Gate, yeah, more Rory. There you go. But I was uh, I was actually thinking of um, thirteen. You're thinking of thirteen. The third, the third, the third, the third. What? What was her name? Is it a manga? A line? No, novel? it's an. It, they only did one DVD of it. Yeah, I've got the DVD over there. Armitage. Armitage the third. Yes, I would want a a full. Remake, redo oh. the entire thing of Armitage the Third. I think we're talking about like some other parts. But yeah, Gate Gate <laughs> Gate would tempt me uh, off in that direction as well. I would love a complete story of Gate. Am I missing anything? Probably am. I just talked about how I wanted more not Nobunaga Concerto, but I'm not sure if I want it more than these other ones. So I'm going to leave that one be. Yeah, that's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> I now that I think of Gate, I I don't know because Armitage the Third is one that I've always I always loved Armitage. Are we talking remakes as well? I thought we were just talking about sequels or finishes. I'm I automatically am going with remake and finish because they're. I'm not going to accept the anime original as a way of finishing it. Well, it says finish, so I'm going to stick to stick to that. I'm not going to I'm not going to do remakes. Um, I guess without getting further down my list of ratings on Miami list, I'll stick with the sevens and ups, and that would be so. Spice and Wolf is a given. I want that. But to give to to give credit to you, Spice and Wolf is old enough that I'd want it redone at this point because they're never going to match that style, and it's going to look it's going to be like uh, high school DXD or something where they suddenly change the style up because it's been so long since the previous one. So I'd want them to restart it and finish the entire thing. But I have four. I have March comes in like a lion, Spice and Wolf, Noragami, and Claymore. I I'd almost want to say as much as I want more Noragami, I'd rather have Claymore finished and by a really good studio and refit and fix that last episode so it doesn't break it continuing on uh, where they did the original thing. Um, but I would I just need more March Comes Like a Lion as well. So so, so I guess Spicy Wolf March Comes Like a Lion and and Claymore. I don't know. Now I want more Noragami, so Noragami instead of Claymore. So this will be my three, I guess. I guess. Did you pick three, Grimgar, Mao, and 
Armitage. Armitage. Okay. There you go. There's there's a three. Uh, I guess I should have read the rest of this. It says, P.S. This is not part of the question, but I would like to make a request for a podcast episode. Uh, could you do a podcast of best anime movies, uh, including titles such as Your Name, uh, A Silent Voice, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, etc., possibly including spoiler content on these movies? Uh, please don't include any Ghibli movies since you have already discussed them a lot in earlier podcasts. Uh, we have reviewed Your Name and A Silent Voice. I'm guessing I haven't posted either of those two because you're asking about them. <laughs> we have not watched I Want to Eat Your Pancreas yet. Um, hopefully here soon we can because we're not theater goers around here because we don't have theaters that have this stuff. But yes, I would love to do some more review podcasts on those. But yeah, generally with the movies, unless it was something like the, the My Hero Academia one, which was didn't seem like it felt like much to do a review podcast on it, we generally do record a review of it and I try to release those midweek, but it's been hard to get midweeks out recently unless we're trying to fulfill a review copy that we've gotten from a company, uh, which those cases we will push those through. But yeah, it's just getting time to do those. So I apologize, and we will hopefully here soon get those out. Uh, Jared also says, P.S., if you haven't watched those movies yet uh, that I have specifically mentioned above, I recommend highly recommend them. So yeah, we loved Your Name, and we loved A Silent Voice. And I'm sure we'll love pancreas eating. Yeah? Probably. There you go. No matter how creepy it sounds. Yeah, I get the point. So, <laughs> Last one we have, and this is the last question that we have right now. So more questions need to be submitted. Uh, Jack TWD4 says, question for the host. Gentlemen, I wanted to ask you about licensing of anime. With many streaming services available, I'm used to seeing titles exclusive landing on one platform. I recently started watching Orisuki, and to my surprise, this show it was on Funimation, Crunchyroll, and High Dive. While I appreciate the options, I thought this type of thing a release was becoming unheard of in streaming wars. Could you explain? Was this an exception to the rule? Technically, um, the best thing you can do to kind of figure out these things is if you just look up the title and check it on Wikipedia or sometimes my name list, you'll find the licensor. And it always depends on the licensor. With Orisuki, it is an Anaplex title. So generally with Anaplex titles, they try to get it on every platform. So it'll be on Crunchyroll, it'll be on Funimation, it'll be on uh, High Dive, it'll be on VRV. Because Anaplex doesn't have its own streaming service. Well, it technically does now. (laughs) Which I'll explain something to that in a bit. Um, So Anaplex didn't really have a streaming service, so it generally would want it on everything possible because it wanted to get it out there to people to be able to view it and they would make money off of people streaming it um that is changing here recently because as we've seen with um fake grand order uh they are making it exclusive on funimation i've heard for a time but technically right now anaplex has some stake in funimation now so they're probably going to possibly move more titles to be exclusive on funimation but in general context anaplex generally wanted to keep it on all platforms but yes, to answer your question, um, titles that are licensed by different companies are going to want them on certain platforms based on loyalty or by partnerships. That's why you see a lot of titles that are Sentai Filmworks. They're always going to be on High Dive because High Dive is Sentai Filmworks' platform for streaming. It's going to be on VRV because VRV has a High Dive platform channel. And it's often going to be on Crunchyroll in most cases, because High Dive 
and Sentai Filmworks is partnered with Crunchyroll. If you have a title that is Funimation, it is always going to be on Funimation.com. And it will sometimes be on Hulu because they have a partnership with Hulu. Uh, what are the ones I'm missing? If it's Crunchyroll, it's always going to be on Crunchyroll and VRV because VRV is from the parent company of Crunchyroll. I was Amazon will always be on Amazon, <laughs> and Netflix will always be on Netflix. That's the last two. <laughs> I was going to dig into the contractual side, which they the the actual producer reserves the right to decide who actually gets the licenses. They may hold out on getting as it on as many platforms as possible, or the when the contract E comes to them and says we want exclusive rights they're the ones who are going that where andrew was going is they're the ones who are getting the license to be the ones that are uh strictly the ones that can stream it that and that goes into the publishing on our side which would go into why funimation fights for a lot of them is they want to be able to uh produce a uh a, a hard copy to to sell out to the general public. So it, there's there's mu- lots of different levels to it. Um, it's the interesting thing about it is the fact that they don't necessarily have to have exclusive rights to it. They can put it out on many different pl- platforms, but. What they want to do is keep it exclusive to them. That that keeps you getting a subscription to them or watching their ads if you go with that. What is also fun about it is the bid wars behind that, which is one of those things that I would love to, to get the information on this stuff. Because if you could actually see who's actually bidding on what and how much they're bidding on each one of these – that would be fascinating information right there. Um, it's easy to take into consideration something like one of the uh, the big fours. You know that Funimation dropped a gob of money on um, on Dragon Ball Z and got that contract for forever. It seems like um, Crunchyroll probably dropped a large amount of money on Doctor Stone. Those are the ones that you can tell where the money ends up going in, in each, each season and the lower tier titles are the ones that are probably not getting a lot of, um, hits. Those are the ones that are also kind of probably not getting as much and yet they're still getting the exclusives to those, but it might be more opportunistic for the the publisher to have those on multiple platforms to get more like Andrew was talking about Anaplex wanting it to be on all the different platforms so that they could get royalties from all those uh, platforms. Yeah, because they technically don't have their own platform until, like I said, until Funimation, which it seems like they're more invested now in actually getting that connection. But yeah, at a at a at a deeper level, there is there is an element that each of these companies that streams is going to go out and bid for these these titles to get uh, their rights to be able to stream them over in the West. Um, and it's that point in which they really are going to decide at that point, is it worthy to put it on another platform or should I only keep it on my platform? That way I can get people to sub with, with my company. 
And so there is definitely an element with with um, High Dive, with Funimation, and with Crunchyroll, and also with Amazon and Netflix, that they do want to keep those for themselves because they do want to pull in that audience to actually uh, watch shows on their own platform. But as I was saying, I mean, there there is very few, unless it's like a big shonen series that they just want to get it as many eyes as possible because they want to get as much hits as possible. There is a there is a there's a gamble that they do they do have that they want to put it on multiple platforms. That's like the big shonen shows that we mentioned when we were talking about which shows were um, hitting different platforms. A lot of those big multi-core shows that we were discussing in our last discussional podcast were on pretty much all the platforms because they do want to get it all out there. And plus a lot of those were Aniplex titles that they wanted to get on as many platforms as possible. But that's that's generally where you're looking at. That's that's why you don't see even though you should expect exclusivity, you don't see exclusivity because uh Crunchyroll is currently in a partnership with High Dive and Sentai Filmworks. Uh Funimation's in a partnership with Hulu. So they're going to share their stuff. Aniplex is outside, sort of mixed with Funimation, but they're outside and they want to get mixed with as much as possible. And like I said, Amazon and Netflix don't want to play with anybody. <laughs> Netflix just want to take all of your titles and hold them for five months. <laughs> that's that's Netflix's strategy is hold hold licenses for five months and then. And Amazon is. They got their toast hey, stuff. Still pretty. pay attention to me over here. I have one or two titles a season. Yeah, don't they, forget me. They, they 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 came in and they made a big splash, stubbed their toe, and still trying to uh, put ice on it. Yeah, they're still every now and then going. We have one title. I mean, they have two this season, which was surprising. But well, technically three because they have Vinland Saga still going on. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing. But they do have a lot of money, so Amazon's trying to definitely tip their uh, dip their toes in um, a lot more lately. It seems, especially in Japan, it really just seemed like Amazon Japan is where it's really trying to kick off at, and we're just getting kind of the the aftermath of what they accomplish in Japan. So they make a big stink in Japan. They're trying to get people to hit Amazon services, and then out of nowhere, we're over here and we go, "Oh, hey, there's Blade of Mortal is coming over here apparently on Amazon." Oh. Vinland Saga apparently is Amazon because <laughs> they're fighting over there trying to get attention. So, yeah, I hope uh, hope that answers your question. If not, um, let us know. So, that I thought the question was more based on the exclusivity part of it, which is definitely uh, it's something that I always enjoy. Not <laughs> enjoy. It is an interesting aspect about this the seasonal anime every season. And that's why I do the breakdowns that I do every season with our discussional podcast where we talk about the the streaming um, breakdown is because, like I said, because I, I have to dive into those to find out where they're at and get our watch schedule set up. But also because I'm always interested to see if there's trends that you can see in that. Because if one thing can tell you where studio's going at, if they're doing well or doing bad, is if they possibly spent a lot of money that season grabbing a lot of shows. And when you see a, a studio or one of these services, suddenly they only have one that was like Amazon early on. They had maybe five or six shows per season. They were hitting it hard. And then out of nowhere, and I mentioned it when it happened, they have one show this season. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Amazon gave up. What's that one show? Noitamina show. Okay. They, they gave up, but they still have a contract going on. 
And that's why only No Tamina shows were hitting them for the longest time was because it it's literally like they gave up and they were fulfilling a contract or they were they were using up the contract. So it's always fun to see those trends of licensing because it really does show you who's really putting their their money into the game and which ones are giving up or which ones are pulling back. Um, it seemed like last season, last few seasons actually, it seemed like Funimation was, was pulling back. And then out of nowhere this season, um, we mentioned it with um, the uh, the guy that was helping with the consolidation of the Funimation titles and platforms with other companies. And it almost felt like they were giving them a boost. Funimation out of, or Funimation out of nowhere gets Fate Grand Order Babylonia exclusive on their platform. And there was one reason for that. They wanted people to go back to Funimation. They wanted the subscribers to come back and that was their way. They used the fate fans to post up their their uh, their subscribers. So it is always interesting every season to see who gets these 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 licenses, and do they keep it exclusive or do they branch it out? And we always enjoy seeing where it falls. So it's interesting seeing seeing the the battles from 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 our perspective, seeing who's 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 keep paying attention to the pulse of the the. Um, the fandom who's thinks they know what they're, they know. And it, it's just a fascinating to see, see things from a, a different perspective. Sometimes there's a show that needs a sequel. My whole show, Joe, Nante, Moi, a disco, the, the, the girl, the that magical needs to be girl. Completed. Yeah. The magical girl. I've had enough of being a magical girl. That was what the English title was. That needs more. That was, her magical form was a bathing suit and embarrassed her. All right. Um, I guess that's it. That was a good, good episode. Um, yes. Um, for those that don't know, again, talkingspirit.com. Go to the top there to the forums. Social media, we can on the right side there. Uh, contact us button at the top. Email Andrew at talkingspirit.com. Add a talk of spirited on Twitter. All those ways you guys can submit us questions so that we can answer them on our next discussional podcast episode. I think our next episode will probably be our first impressions of the fall season. And then not sure after that. I do I do have a few outlines planned for this season that I do want to get into. There's a couple of them that I do want to pre-record because literally within a month things are going to be really crazy. And I'm not sure that I want to... I might want to get some stuff pre-recorded to prepare for those vacation plans in December. Um, I also do have to do a lot of traveling in December and yeah, work stuff, related stuff. So I might, I have a few ideas for why is this sentence broken on the form? <laughs> I, I, I really want to, like right now I want to stop and fix a post that I did for our last discussion because I didn't finish the sentence. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, I do have a couple ideas planned. Like I mentioned earlier, that one was one of them was the 50 or so out of the norm shows that we really enjoyed. Um, but it might just put together some really simple, but fun and dive into our history of anime kind of, uh, episodes that I really enjoy doing. Uh, the genre ones are always fun because it really is an excuse to talk about shows and those genres that we did enjoy watching. So Look forward to those, and um, as usual, we thank everybody for supporting us, listening to us, um, their verbal support on Twitter and other social medias, and just for listening to us in general, 
and we hope you guys enjoy this episode and you'll take care Oh. Tell 